The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a scholar of the law, tested him by asking, Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and the first commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The whole law and the prophets depend on these two commandments. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So I remembered a funny story as I was listening to the word earlier this morning because I had the first Mass too, or I guess the second Mass here. So several years ago, I was flying through Denver, Colorado, the mile high city, if you've never been there. So it's over just over a mile high. And it was the summertime and it was really hot, record high temperatures. So I'm sitting on the plane and all of a sudden the captain comes over the speaker and says, "Um, it's too hot to take off. Our aeronautical engineers have done the calculations and we won't get enough lift for the plane to take off. I had never heard that before. Most of us probably haven't because in Michigan, that's not a problem. (laughs) But I was glad somebody was thinking about it (laughs) before we took off. So it's, it's interesting because in the natural world, the material world, the physical world, we have these laws that govern, so to speak, our behavior, like the law of gravity. If you're running late in the morning, you wouldn't think of jumping out your bedroom window to get to the car quicker, right? If it was on the second floor, that probably wouldn't end very well. And we have all kinds of laws that we follow. I understand you want to be a lawyer someday, Sophia. So, you know, any other lawyers here? Okay, good. I asked at the 9.30, there were no lawyers. I said, well, we got to pray for those lawyers to come to church more often. (laughs) Any engineers out there this morning? Okay, good. All right. So all kinds of laws that you've got to follow when you're designing something, right? Especially a bridge or a road or a car. I mean, these things that we take for granted, we have to obey these laws or it's not going to end well for us. And so these are the physical laws. But you know, what Jesus is trying to get at today are are the spiritual laws that also govern the universe. We don't often think of it that way. I think we often reduce the commandments to morality. You should do this. You shouldn't do that. And we can reduce it to that. And that, I think, really... uh, It robs us, it deprives us of a deeper understanding of the law. And we can tend to be legalistic, especially lawyers, (laughs) but somebody has to be, right? But we don't want to be puritanical about it. That was the word I was searching for earlier at the 930 Mass. 
our country got its spiritual roots, you might say, from the, the Puritans. The pilgrims were Puritans. And that's where we get the word puritanical from. We don't want to be puritanical, which has a very negative connotation, right? It's like a, a heavy-handedness. God doesn't want to be heavy-handed. He doesn't want to be a harsh taskmaster. I mean, he's not. He doesn't want to be known that way because that's not who he is. He's a loving father, a loving father who established the Ten Commandments and these other laws, if you will, for our own good, for our own benefit. And we may not always understand them, but God is asking us to trust him. I'll never forget when I was still a seminarian, I attended a men's group. And one of the gentlemen there was very open about his own faith journey and said, you know, I'm a convert to the Catholic faith. I married my wife. She was a super Catholic. And she said, look, you're going to have to follow all of these rules, so to speak, that the Catholic Church lays out for marriage and family life. He said, all right, I love you, I trust you, I'll follow the rules. I don't understand them, but I will follow them out of love for you and because I trust you. And he said, you know what? When we got married and I started to follow these rules that I didn't understand, but I obeyed, my understanding was unlocked. So it was the obedience that, and the trust that unlocked the understanding. I was like, wow, that's really good. <laughs> I'm going to remember that. <laughs> and, you know, we could relate it back to my opening story. Do I understand the laws of thermodynamics and what it takes for a plane to get enough lift when it's, you know, 100 degrees outside and we're at 5,500 feet? No. I don't understand all that. But I was happy to obey those who knew better than I did. I put my trust in them. I could have probably stood up in my seat and thrown a tantrum. Would that have helped the situation? No. So there are certain things that God invites us to do. And we may not understand them all the time. But we have to trust him. He wants us to trust him. That it's for our own good. The second reading gave us a little bit of an insight to this that's rather unique because Paul was, oh, it's not in this book, sorry. Anyway, he mentions the idols. You know, that you turned away from worshiping other idols. And we perhaps listen to that and we think, Ah, yeah, those stupid people, they used to worship wooden objects and, you know, stones or, or cows or, you know, how stupid. Well, we all have our own idols. Maybe they're a little more sophisticated today, uh, like these things right here, right? Phones can be idols in our lives, TVs, work, working out, you name it. We can have all kinds of idols that really uh, absorb us, so to speak. We spend a lot of time doing things with our idols. 
And I remember somebody saying once, we become what we worship. Think about that one today. We become what we worship. So it's not that we can't enjoy things because God created everything for us. But ultimately to have it, the things, lead us, his children, to him. Our father. So he created everything in the universe as a reflection of his love for us. And it's meant to speak to us of his goodness and kindness and beauty and glory and majesty and power, etc. But we're not called to worship creatures. We're called to worship God. And not because he needs it, but he knows that we need it. That ultimately we desire it. We desire truth, goodness, and beauty. Philosophers call those things the transcendentals because in some way they transcend all of creation. Goodness, truth, and beauty. And we all long for that. We're made for that. But we just don't want any good. We want the greatest good. We just don't want any beautiful thing. We want the most beautiful thing. And we just don't want any truth. We want the absolute truth of who we are and where we came from and where we're going. God is all of that and much more. And so that's why when Jesus was put to the test today, he says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And we can't really do that Unless God himself loves us that way first. And guess what? He did. And he does love us that way. Totally, completely, faithfully, fruitfully. That's how God loves us. Because he knows that's what we need. And that's what we desire. And if we're going to be truly happy, because ultimately these laws, these spiritual laws, are, are meant to make us happy. They're meant to lead us to our ultimate happiness and joy. God himself. And he shows us the way. He is the way and the truth and the life. And he came that we may have life and have it abundantly to the full, he said. And then he says, love your neighbor as yourself. That's like a whole other homily on some level. But he does call us to love one another. He calls us to love ourselves the way he loves us. And then Jesus summed it all up at the end of his public ministry at the Last Supper. I give you a new commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. Whoa. <laughs> As Christians, that's, that's the one law that should govern our lives. Now, does, do any of us fulfill that perfectly? No. Nobody fulfills that perfectly. And it's not that God holds that over our heads. He doesn't hold that against us in any way. But you might say that's the standard. That's the measure like that word, engineer, right? Standard, measure, right? Engineers love those words. 
Well, for us believers, that's the standard. That's the measure. Love one another as I have loved you. Whoa. (laughs) So we can't do that because that's supernatural. That's not natural, as I like to say. (laughs) In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, you have heard it said, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. But I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who persecute you. And all the Jews must have been like, huh? Say that again? I, I, I don't know if I heard you right. Did, did, did he just say, love your enemies and do good to those who persecute you? I think he said that. Man. What, what was he smoking this morning, I wonder? Well, he wasn't smoking anything. He was setting a new standard that was not legalistic, that was not legalistic, but that was really challenging and really impossible from a human point of view. But now here he comes, the son of God, and he gives us his grace, his power and his presence. He gives us his Holy Spirit. So that we can, in fact, love like he loves. So we can, in fact, have the mind of Christ and the heart of Christ and the will of Christ to love like he loves. So I think it's just a great reflection to to ponder what it means to have this law. And last Mass, we had the whole choir here, so I was even relating it to music. Good music follows certain laws. And we all know when someone's not following the law of music because it doesn't sound very good. Right? When someone's out of tune, off key, you hear it and you're like, eh, that wasn't so good. But another word for peace is harmony, right? Harmony. So if we want peace, if we want harmony in our hearts, in our homes, in our world, in the Middle East, we've got to follow the law, the law of God. And again, we don't always understand it. That's okay. Just do it <laughs> with the grace of God, by the grace of God. Ask him for understanding, and then you can seek understanding because you should seek it. And he will give it to you, the knowledge, the wisdom, the understanding. It'll come more and more as you walk out, so to speak, as you walk it out, as you follow. More and more will be revealed. And and you will have peace beyond all understanding. How about that? We will have peace beyond all understanding because it will be truly divine. So let's ask the Lord today to help us receive his word, his law, his love, because it's all one in God. We have these human distinctions, but in God, it's just all one. It's all one. The word, the law, his love, it's all one thing in God. But let's ask him to help us receive it with openness, with, with trust, with with faith 
And then to ask for the grace to live it out, to walk in that law, to walk in that love as he loved us. Amen.